Is it possible to reverse engineer how a director thinks and feed those findings meaningfully into a video recommendation engine? To answer that question, I had the pleasure of meeting Arash and Patrick from Vion Labs to talk about their video fingerprinting technology. Emotional analysis of audio tracks, color grading, and cut tempo are examples of data points Vion Labs and Vimon mine from movies and TV series in order to help improve content discovery, a topic of major interest to me both as a consumer as well as a professional. This is the first podcast episode with Vion Labs where we will discuss how their software in conjunction with Vimon's video platform perceives and processes movies and TV series for our ultimate benefit. Hi, Kelly Moulton here with uh, Vimon Close-Up. I have the privilege of Vion Labs here at Media City Bergen with me. Arash and, and Patrick, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Us. Um, we just like to leap right into it. Uh, I am uh, fascinated with what I understand to be some of the applications of your technology because I, as a consumer, think that choice is vastly overrated. I don't want choice. I want something to be chosen for me. So please tell me that I understand what you can do correctly and give us an idea of the, of, you know, the real applications of your technology for a consumer. I mean, I think you started at a good place i mean i mean choice is something hard you come home from work you had made a bunch of choices already through your day you're going to do a bunch of new micro choices when you get home in front of your tv or any kind of medium you i mean you go from music players to anything else it's all about choice choice what should i read what should i watch what should i listen to and and i think the essential thing that we're trying to do is make that quicker for you so get you started as soon as possible by truly understanding what you want to watch and by being able to understand how a director thinks or a producer thinks when they make a movie and kind of reverse engineering that, we're kind of able to, to provide you with something that is more accurate to your mood that you set for that time of the day. Accurate for the mood. Accurate for your mood, yeah. So can you explain a bit more about what specifically your technology does? Uh, simply said, it's a discovery and recommendation engine. But behind it, that's where all the sophisticated, complicated technology is. It's, it's, what we do is that we try to track what emotions a director is communicating through imagery and sound and try to pick that up. So, I mean, a director has a recipe for how they make you laugh, how they make you scared. Uh, and, and we pick up those kind of recipes or the, the way they think when they make a movie and reverse engineer that and data mine that to understand the content better. So if I understand correctly, uh, so I, for example, watch The Crown, uh, and suddenly the only thing that gets popped up as recommendations are people wearing funny wigs and historical outfits from the mid-1800s in England. It's like it feels like a fairly simplistic, keyword, metadata-driven selection for me. Uh, you're saying that you're going to make me a more nuanced selection if i understood correctly i mean just because i watch game of thrones doesn't mean i want to watch lord of rings or more dragons or more fantasy i mean game of thrones sets a very emotionally dark environment right and and as we can see i mean game of thrones is maybe closer to something like handmaid's tale or westworld uh we want to be able to pick up what mood the content actually have in it not contextually what is about if it's about world war ii or, or, or the medieval times or whatever it is. So what mood is Game of Thrones? 
Oh, that's a great question. What mood is Game of Thrones? I mean, a lot of people are trying to copy Game of Thrones and remake that because it's been such a huge success. But I think, I, I don't know, maybe you're a big, bigger Game of Thrones fans than I am. All I can see is that Game of Thrones is a lot of nudity. It's very dark. It's very <laughs> gory. I thought it was just they pushed the lines a lot on, on TV series productions. Patrick, let me ask. Uh, you've been sitting here patiently, and I can see you are. I can see on your face that you're a Game of Thrones fan. But, but before we go into that, tell me your role at uh, Vion Labs. Uh, my role is in the business development side. Uh, since Irish has his background is in the, the movies effect, the special parts, the understanding those algorithm parts. Uh, I'm more from the side of understanding the applications Okay. in terms of operators, SVODs, how do we create something that benefits consumers in the in the end? I mean, the the algorithms, the understanding of emotions is one part, but then also bringing that into into real life, making sure that we can create recommendation engines, uh, metadata uh, enhancements, different things that makes your customer right. experience better. So, so, but let's get then back to Game of Thrones and moods. I'm fascinated by this. So, you guys have some library or a lexicon, maybe lexicon's the better word of moods i guess or emotions that uh you're categorizing movies according to if i understand correctly i would more describe it as a huge database of fingerprints of content we have the actual dna of the content how it's built up and that's what we basically have built up during the years i like that word fingerprinting and dna Mm -hmm. and i'm big on as you were i think just saying a little bit more layman's application of the text so help me understand that more i mean um what are the fundamental in, in ingredients components uh within this fingerprinting and within this dna everything that's in a movie or a series is there because a director wanted to put it there to, right to convey they want to be scared they, they want to be they want to scare you they want to make you happy they want to make you laugh they want to create some kind of emotional response so a lot of thought process a lot of uh, different ideas goes into creating what what emotions are trying to be conveyed pictures items uh, sound the the tempo the scene length everything is there because someone wanted you to perceive something special and a lot of that is lost in the usual kind of words if you're describing say a movie like alien you can describe it as a sci-fi you can describe it as alien one alien one yes big difference very alien very, one very alien big difference two, yeah, okay. i think that Again, that, I think on your end, that's a brilliant example of something would would have identical descriptions if you look at words. But if you look at the emotional construct of them, they're completely different. But let's dive in on that. Uh, yeah. I would assume a lot of people have seen these movies and have opinions about them. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, it's safe to say that I'm like an alien one purist. Okay. But what is emotionally the difference between alien one and alien two? And why would those simplistic descriptions be wrong in this case if i was an alien one fan the kind of normal metadata driven recommendations that might pop up i mean ridley scott had the first movie into the horror genre it was very claustrophobic it was very slow it was very mysterious we barely got to see the xenomorph he hid the monster from us as much as possible so it's like more of a mystery than a horror yeah i would say horror and gore and i would say horror mystery horror mystery Mm. definitely the the claustrophobic environment uh, tends to be more of the horror element of it and the mystery is of course the whole story if you will yeah yeah definitely and then you have directors like james cameron 
that I, I'm not going to be mean to him, but oh come uh, on, uh, come no, on. let's no speak honestly. <laughs> he just ruined the whole franchise <laughs> okay, by giving the audience go. whatever they wanted. I mean, he gives them the, all the action they wanted. He gave them the monster, and he took basically Aliens Two into the action genre. And if you watch those movies and if you're a movie buff like we are, I mean, you can definitely see the difference. And if you look at our data, you can actually see the difference in the data. You can see that one of them is way more stressful, faster cuts, uh, more action scenes in it versus the first one that was much of a build-up story to it. Yeah, much more atmospheric. Exactly. Rather than... You yeah. know what's really weird? If you look at... Tell me what's really weird. If you look at keywords, uh, Space Odyssey 2001 mm-hmm. have almost identical keywords it's sci-fi it's spaceships mm-hmm. it's darkness there's aliens there's so many things that don't separate aliens 2 and 2001 space odyssey but there's oh so many things that do separate them it's like the difference i mean again maybe this is simplistic but like a thinking man's movie versus uh just i'm eating popcorn and exactly. just immediate gratification uh, type movie that's a, that's a great example and that helps i think to uh, illustrate the potential for your for your technology when when we started out and uh, we started out exploring what's what actually affects the mood i mean one of the first things when we talked about it we started measuring in the, in the audio files to classify actions we started measuring amount of shots fired to see whether gunshots that gunshots in in, a, in an audio file to see whether that could define an action level yeah uh, it turns out you can't because it's a stupid it's, it's, a, it's a stupid measurement but it's it's also a measurement that a director doesn't actively think about. So the, we, we found out what parts that act, are actively put in there. And those are usually the things that classifies the emotions. Because there's something that an emotion is trying to be conveyed through it. And it's usually done through tempo, uh, colors, a lot of different versions. So we, we harvest all those materials right now. But I think we have probably already thrown out about 200 different things that we've started measuring and realized this doesn't have an effect. So that's been a huge chunk of the exploration work on this. And then also the combination of everything, trying to combine that down into recipes, all those things. And now we can see, as soon as we started working with the whole discovery platform, I mean, that bridges into so many different areas, like the automatic gener- uh, generation of trailer. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot of different areas where we can expand just from the simple fact of knowing and understanding content better than everyone else in the world having this algorithms helps us extract and harvest that data and from that we can build a lot of the products everything that's needed for discovery and i'm really trying to uh pin you down more on your recipe but then i was like okay that's their secret sauce so they probably don't want to reveal too much i'll stop trying to hammer away at exactly your recipe um but but fingerprinting what does that mean I can give you. I mean, I can give you something into the recipe. That's fine. Uh, okay. Some some of the parts he mentioned. I mean, we measure the colors that you're exposed to. Yep. We measure the action level. With action level, we mean basically we look at movement and camera movement. Yep. We look at cuts, how fast cuts are, and then something way deeper where we do actual emotional analysis on the audio. And with this, I mean that we have people been listening to audio tracks. And then classifying them after a rating system we built up, saying how they emotionally feel when they hear it. And then feeding that into the machine learning, getting the machine to be able to predict how we emotionally would perceive a movie like Top Gun. 
uh, I showed a demo that, for that, this. Was that the only movie that came to mind? <laughs> <laughs> that's the movie I have that's in my slides. It's very revealing so. <laughs> about you. We need to put that through the machine. Tell us what that says about you. But okay. Top, uh, top Everybody's seen is. Top Gun. Top Gun is very emotional. Everybody got sad when Goose died. I mean, <laughs> you had my full props with Alien, but okay, Top Gun. We'll, we'll, let's just move right along. Yes, Top Gun. We can talk about any movie, but Top Gun is, is a good example. I have it in my slides. It's easier to talk about. Simply said, like, take a movie like that. You can actually see for the first time. You could basically compare it to a digital screening because the computer perceives how we, predicts how we would perceive the audio track emotionally. If it would be positive or negative, if it was stressful, not stressful. And these are actually very unique data points that we were able to data mine through the audio file. Really? Did that make sense? It did, yes. Good. So talk to us about the future. What's next? What, what's the, the road ahead? We're working a lot on, I would say, AI-generated metadata right now. And with metadata, I mean trailers and loops. Yeah. Uh, we heard a lot about this in the market. We know Netflix has been working on it for a while. And a lot of the process is manual today. And we have automized some of that process, not some of it, all of that process, to be able to do something on a high scale where we can take some regional content, for example, because a lot of mainstream content already have good metadata, like posters and good trailers. But that's 15% of the content out there. And 85% of the content is missing tr- good trailers and good promotional material. So with our fingerprint technology, with our data we have, we found out that we're able to actually create this amazing mood setting trailers for each content that gives you a image of what content you're going to start consuming soon and i think that is definitely part of the future where we have where you can start using computers to scale something creatively really really interesting now vmond and and vion labs have a, a partnership uh, where we're developing uh, prototypes tell me about what we're actively baking in the lab if you will i mean if I may start, the, the, the simple task we're trying to solve together is to show that we can create a dynamic start page for the viewer very, very fast and simple. Wonderful. Talk to me about a dynamic start page. A start page that basically adapts to my mood and setting, depending on the time of the day, device I have. And we're standing most for, for the data and the intelligence behind it, while while. Vimon is standing for the logistics and and making sure that the UI is built up. You can handle the carousels and create this uh, dynamic. I would basically say that if if you watch a lot of action, we make sure that the action genre is very close to you at the top of the first page. You can reach your favorite action movies if in it's that genre. Friday at seven. Exactly, definitely. So 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 there there's, uh, I would say a personalization and 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 discovery element to it that we're trying to solve for the viewers together. I think one of the key things which we've found when we work together with Vimon is that Vimon has a lot of experience working with the editors. And a lot of the times the editors are a key creative force in it. Good for you. Absolutely. And by giving them the tools to create. I think that has been also one of the key things in this. Thanks for listening to Vimon Close-Up. We do hope you enjoyed this talk with Vion Labs. In our next episode, we will meet them again to discuss a few relevant business cases for data harvesting to drive content discovery. We will also look at best practices from Spotify and Netflix, and indeed learn more about Arash and Patrick's personal experiences working with major brands like Viaplay and Comham.